Hi, welcome back to another episode of The Russians. Hey, welcome back. Uh, so today we have a special guest for you, um, uh, a Belarusian. Belarusian. <laughs> Who identifies as a Russian, actually. Yeah, just, just like, like us. us. Yeah, just like us. Um, Dasha Nekrasova. She's uh, an actress and a co-host of Red Scare. Uh, and uh, we decided to talk to her as part of the kind of immigrant programming series that we've been doing for some time. Yeah, and we really kind of get into the immigrant, uh, what do you call that? Experience. Immigrant experience or her immigrant experience. So yeah, I hope you enjoy the show. Yeah, thanks Dasha for coming on. Um, I don't know if you've, I don't know if you <laughs> I don't know if you've uh, listened to any of, any of our other um, immigrant deprogramming episodes. <laughs> they're kind of depressing. No, <laughs> that's all right. That's good. You know, it's uh, well, yeah. They're not, uh, they're not that depressing. I mean, we've the the whole premise is we talk to immigrants or near immigrants uh, or reverse immigrants or whoever. You know, like yes. people who have forsaken their homeland or have let for or for some reason have been cut away, cut cut off from it. Yeah, Mark Ames was in this <laughs> in this program. Yeah, immigrant in reverse. Yeah, was, he was sort of, sort of an honorary immigrant, I guess. <laughs> oh no, he's an honorary Russian. An honorary Russian, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, okay. Obviously, Ash and I are immigrants, but kind of different ones. Because I, in a way, it was like a, I guess a con- semi-conscious <laughs> choice on my end. Because I moved when I was in my early twenties. Um, Where did you move from? From Moscow. From so myself. I ha- yeah, so I like had a whole life there. Went to even university or whatever. <laughs> so yeah, you gave it up to be with me, which is I mean, like what? <laughs> That's not true. That was a good choice. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, and you and Yasha, um, it wasn't your choice. Your parents brought you here, right, as kids. Yeah, exactly. What do you think about this whole like journey? How old were you when you were when you were brought here? I was. I moved when I was. Mm, three. <laughs> from, oh wow! From Minsk, yeah. Um, okay, barely conscious. Yeah, to Las Vegas, and then I visited Belarus a few times as a child and spent some time there, but um, have not been in in a, in a very long time. Um, mm-hmm. I took a DNA test. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess like. Um, six to eight months ago um and i there wasn't anything surprising i found out i was basically like half baltic half like eastern european russian very like nebulous racial category um is that how is that how they break it down like so they (laughs) baltic eastern european yeah baltics 52 percent 48 percent eastern european slash russian Okay. This, this is not good enough for for uh, European nationalists. You know, it's not it's not uh, it's, fine. You know, it's not fine enough. Like the category, the categories. Exactly, and I like really wanted answers, so I sent my raw data to this like this guy Razib Khan, um, who's like a race scientist, and he <laughs> has his own like data sets that he like mapped my DNA against, and I basically am like extremely Belarusian. Do you know what's the difference between Belarusian and a Russian? I mean, it's this gets into like, yeah, just questions of like uh, Russians typically, especially the more west you go, will be more Asiatic. They'll have more like 
uh, Mongol DNA, <laughs> um, which I thought I would maybe have some of because I have kind of Asiatic features, but that Anna at least attributes to my like pheno. I have like, I'm like one percent like pheno Ugric. I'm very much like from that part. Of That's interesting. Eastern Europe. It's a um, you know DNA tests are weird too because they don't like right with the thing that they actually measure are like just what the statistical um, spread of those genes are in a certain population pool, right? So it's like, it doesn't like really, and you can sort of like get all sorts of things out of that if you study it and you kind of try to, I don't know, model like movements of people and things like that. But it doesn't really, it's like, they're kind of, it's kind of, uh, I don't know, a letdown because you're not, it's, it doesn't like fix you to some place. Do you know what I mean? It's like, just like, okay, you're like a lot like other people from, that took this kind of test or took a DNA test from, that are from that self-identify from this from this region, basically. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. It, basically, and the I did the ancestry.com one, and they most of their like Eastern Europe data is from Ukraine. Oh. Um, and then when I had the data analyzed <laughs> separately, I like basically found out I wasn't really Ukrainian, but they kind of lumped me in. Oh, I see. <laughs> with that, with that category That's, of people. That's funny. So a lot of it depends on like the models that you use to analyze to 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 yeah, analyze data. Yeah, and the data yeah. sets that they that they have that they have access to and stuff. Um, so you're like a true true Belarusian, then like you can be proud. You know, almost. I'm a, yeah. I'm a Slav. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I I'm, in, I'm interested in like Slavdom very broadly. <laughs> and then I became a little preoccupied with my like Baltic heritage. Uh huh. Um, especially because I, uh, <laughs> um, well, I, so I, I actually saw this is so, I feel this is so like, this is literally ethno narcissism. <laughs> I thought I was Polish. <laughs> oh, you thought you were Polish? Because it's more aristocratic? <laughs> Why? Because I'm Catholic. Yeah, because ah. I was told that my family pre the revolution was like schlock, that we have like schlock delineage, right. which I'm sure everyone loves to think of, think about them. For sure. Yeah, we were kings back in the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth. <laughs> and turned out uh, not? Like the test disproved that? Well... I, yeah, I don't, I'm not really genetically Polish, but I was baptized, I am, I was baptized Catholic and am Catholic on my mother's side. Oh, I see. <laughs> so I um, became, hmm, I'm a Greek uh, Byzantine Catholic. Wait, and you were baptized, <laughs> you were born into it, you're saying, on your mother's side. I was baptized Roman oh, Catholic. Okay in Grodno, which is a very like Polish uh-huh. part of Belarus, which has a lot of Roman Catholics. This all I have, this is, this is, I, this is something that is like very nichely interesting <laughs> that I found out because I was, um, I started becoming interested in Catholicism again in 2019. Um, and, but, and was like going to Latin masses and stuff that were never really hitting. Um, I think because I belong in the Byzantine right, which is like what Orthodox people practice. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and so I ended up in like a Slovak, Ruthenian, Byzantine Catholic church in New York. That's Warhol thing, um, right? It's Warhol was a Slovak, Byzantine mm-hmm. Catholic, exactly. Yeah, and the priest there gave me a book um, by this guy, Robert Magashi, called Our People. 
which was about Carpatho Rusin. Oh, wow. In America, who are um, historically uh, very Byzantine Catholic and in America mainly based in like Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, when I found out I wasn't Polish, I was like, so why am I Catholic? And I found out that in like the 18th and 19th century, something like 80% of Belarus was actually Greek Catholic. And then when um, they weren't allowed to be religious anymore, or when they, when they relaxed, like in the late Soviet era, like religious restrictions, a lot of them became Roman Catholic, mm-hmm. I think because they were so turned off from the Byzantine right. Okay. Being forced to be Orthodox, essentially. Anyway. <laughs> so I am very interested, uh-huh. yeah, in my, in my, Belo- in my Belarusian Baltic heritage and the way that I kind of access it as an immigrant is through Byzantine Catholicism. And it's, and it's in a different language, the, the right, or is it still in Latin? No, it's in, in it's in English. Uh. Um, sometimes I go to a Ukrainian church that does it in Ukrainian. It's the, it's the mass that, um, Orthodox Christians and Byzantine Catholics do is that is called divine liturgy mm-hmm. and it's meant to be done in like the, la- the language of the parishioners. Oh, okay. That's, that seems more accessible. <laughs> at least. But you're, I know Yasha is Jewish, yes. right? Yeah. Do you, you did the test. You're like basically hundred percent. I'm like Eastern European. I mean, I'm like, yeah, I don't even remember the categories now. I mean, it's Ashkenazi, just Ashkenazi Jew. Jew, but it just means that like, I'm like other Jews who took, who self identifies Jews because the test doesn't capture certain like nuance that are marginal, I think, you know, and I think one of those things, um, or at least the analysis of the data, and one of those things is my dad, he's very, you know, my dad's side of the family is very weird. I mean, my dad is like a, is like a Saddam Hussein double, basically, you know, like, um, you know, and he, he would joke to, with people that he is like Saddam Hussein's cousin and people will, you know, believe him because <laughs> he looks, he looks like, uh, like, like Saddam Hussein, you know, even though he has the mustache. So, so he doesn't look like a very Eastern, he doesn't look like an European Jew in, in the sense that like, he's not, I don't know, he's just, he looks very Eastern. He looks almost like he comes from the Middle East. He comes maybe from, I always thought that maybe they are um, like mountain, they have some mountain Jews or something, which is, you know, Jews that have traditionally lived in the Caucasus, um, in the mountains and yeah, and mm-hmm. sort of in, and so, uh, but so that didn't capture that. So I, I was, you know, I was just, I was just broadly labeled as a, yeah, as a European Jew, basically. But for me, it was fairly accurate. I'm half Jewish and it showed exactly that. I think it was something like 49.5% <laughs> Ashkenazi Jew. And yeah. then the rest is interesting. Something like also, as you said, something Finno-Goric, basically Finnish. Some Swede, yes. yeah, yeah. Swede, which something. is very, which is very like uh, like Western Slav, basically, because there's yeah. a lot of Half mixture Slav. with them, yeah. Um, and then some, I think Polish actually, or something like that. I need to check again. Interesting, yeah. But yeah, but I, yeah, I I have weird mix because like both of my parents are half Jews. So I'm already second generation of being half Jewish, which is wild. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And, and everyone yeah. on the mother's side, which is... Yeah, so I'm like, in Israel, they love me because both my grandmothers are Jews no. and both my grandfathers are Russians. So I can so yeah. I can go both ways. So you're considered a real Jew, but you're yeah, half Jew. <laughs> and my dad, it's hilarious because you would kind of probably love it. He was, you know, considered full Jew because even if he's half, his mother 
was a real Jew, and then his dad was Russian. But he turned as an adult in Moscow to Russian Orthodox Christianity, got baptized in his 40s, and like became oh, so into it in, during Soviet times in the 70s, I think. And 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 yeah. that's it. And he stuck. He was like sticking to that Jesus thing till the very <laughs> end, yeah. which happened a few years ago. Yeah, and it was it was kind of bizarre. He was anti-Semitic. Very, uh, <laughs> <laughs> very typical. Yes. Yeah, but like not. I'm not joking. But all his friends were Jewish, basically. Or a lot of friends, most, yeah. Most, most of his friends, friends were Jews. Yeah. And he was well, yeah. Russians have a very like, per, you know, they have a very, I think, harmless kind of. Yeah, it's pretty harmless. Like they're not like genocidal. You know, he's just sort of. <laughs> no, they just my my parents are the same way where they have like Jewish friends, but they'll say stuff about how they're like sneaky or like <laughs> have like bad business practices. You know, it's like they like. Yeah, they're not genocidal. I mean, exactly. it's not, and it's not like I don't know. It's not. It's it's super fairly superficial in, in mm-hmm. the sense that like everyone is racist against everyone else, and it's not like. <laughs> I mean, there in Russia, there are things that are weird, like you know, especially now. I mean, there are like actually, there's like racism that is kind of structural in the sense that you might not be able to get, uh, or it's hard to rent an apartment or something in Russia if you're like you know non-Slav, 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 you know, it's it's there's actually like it said it says straight up. That's, you know, but like, it's not like you're not going to be able to rent an apartment for someone just because, you know, they're Jewish or something like no, that. It's no. not, it's not, a, it's not, yeah, the racism is, right. is weirdly like just like a cultural thing or something. I don't know. It's, it's, it is, it's harder, it's hard for people in the West, I think, to understand, yeah. you know, that kind of, um, but yeah, that it's more cultural on the, side. Yeah. Yeah. Because here we, we were indoctrinated into like structural oppression yeah. or like our understanding of racism is that it's like systemic yeah. and it kind of is but it's also like hidden well it's so, America's, yeah. Yeah, it's very different you know i mean the, the just the history of you know american racism i guess is different than yeah, yeah. but you know what let's start on eugenics <laughs> but immigration is kind of i mean it's funny because it is intertwined in a way with like just i don't know with just the current of eugenics thinking is like kind of runs through well it actually does that's, discourse. that's yeah. a segue i was thinking about so one of the things that kind of interesting about you is that your parents are not Jews because most immigrants of that <laughs> way, at least I'm mm-hmm. at least known of, like like yeah. Yasha's parents are Jewish. Yes. Or like, yeah, like ref- yeah. the Refusenik era. Is that what they're yeah, called? Yeah, that's like yeah. the early ones, I guess, Refusenik 70s. And that, but then even 80s and even after the Soviet Union collapsed, most of them were still Jewish because they already had relatives that immigrated yeah. before. So it's like a literally just Jewish wave, third wave. And and you're not. So what what's the story? <laughs> um, my parents, it's like a classic immigrant. Well, my parents were both um, gymnasts. My mom was a rhythmic gymnast and my dad was an acrobat. Oh, wow. And they were like Soviet. They're very, my parents are extremely young. Um, my dad was born in 66. My mom was born in 70. Um, so they were part of like the, the thaw generation, I guess. But they like, yeah, they were like Soviet era, like training six days a week, like gymnast kids. Oh, wow. Um, who met when they were very young. Then my mom was 21 when she oh, had wow. me. Okay. Um, which was fairly normal, I think, for the, the place and time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my dad was uh, working for Cirque du Soleil, um, and he was touring with them when I was born and then got a job in a show in Las Vegas. That's how I came mm-hmm. from, yeah. Oh, wow. 
my, my strange erotic journey from Minsk to Las Vegas. Wow, wait, but then it isn't like a eu- eu- eugenics baby. I am a eugenics baby, yeah. Both of my parents were gymnasts and then... Were they um, both employed in Vegas Circus? Oh, sorry, de Soleil. Eventually, yeah. Yeah, my dad moved in 94 and then sent for me and my mom. Um, and he actually got, he fell. He was doing like a trapeze act. Starts, a lot of people don't know that Cirque du Soleil had very, um, I mean, what's that visa called that they use to like human traffic? H1B <laughs> or whatever it's doing. Or, yeah. Yeah, they like contract. Oh, wow. like Mongolian, Chinese, Russian labor on like H-1B visas. Um, or at least they used to, I don't know what they still do. Cause that's where like all the like <sighs> gymnasts mm-hmm. are. Uh, and my dad, um, he fell and got hurt really bad. And they just oh fired my God. him. Oh. Um, okay. <laughs> so he was like in America, like didn't speak English, wife and kid. Uh, like, and they, um, originally i think their plan was to like live in america for a little while and like make money and go back to belarus and then i think when they got here they decided to try and get green cards and like figure out a way to stay um so they they actually were told that they could apply for like uh, a refugee visa or whatever if they said they were jewish um, but they they are not, so they got they didn't qualify for it. <laughs> again, the eugenics and, comes um, into the question. Yeah, again, the eugenics come in, and they got they ended up getting um, like special. Ta- what are they called? Talent visas or whatever that you have. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. talent. I don't know pieces, what they're exactly yeah. called. Yeah, but I know what um, you mean. Yeah, wow, that's that's like actually impressive. So your dad managed to bounce back from the injury, right? He was, he didn't, yeah, he was, he ended up working in another, I think he was a, he was like a taxi driver for a while. And then he worked in another show. Vegas was um, a very booming city in the nineties. Mm-hmm. I think it was like the fastest growing city in America. So there was sort of like a, there was a lot of opportunity and we lived in Reno and Atlantic oh, city. Oh wow, Reno, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Vegas. Cause they worked, <laughs> yeah. they worked in a show in Reno. All I know about Vegas is showgirls. They're Hovind's film. Yeah. <laughs> basically yeah i've I've spent Um, some time there so i know yeah but you know i kind of want to back up a little bit just because it is an interesting thing i mean you know like the because in essence you know your parents were like part of the sort of the 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 brain drain right or like the talent drain drain of the of you know of of the soviet union right because it was just everyone who had any kind of ability and and talent was just just whisked away and i didn't actually realize Mm -hmm. that about Cirque du Soleil that they that they profited off this the basically collapse you know the Soviet collapse Union, of the Soviet right? Union and we're able to get all these really talented people doing crazy stunts right with, and don't with, with treat not them a lot that of well, right? protection essentially yeah yeah no they're basically like I mean they basically took like thwarted Olympians and yeah. made them like into like <laughs> circus performers right. but my parents were already my dad worked in the Moscow circus before he came to America as well. They were like already working in. So they in were that. not the kind of, they're not like Olympic track gymnast. I mean, that would have been, I think, great. <laughs> I think that was, that, that, that's always uh-huh. the goal or that was the goal in the like Soviet gymnastics program, but obviously not everyone makes it to the Olympics. And then they ended up, they met in college where they were like studying physical education, physicultura gotcha. or whatever. <laughs> wow, it's so sweet. They're like almost high school sweethearts. Yeah. 
basically, yeah. 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 But were you meant? I mean, I, I guess they were a bit disappointed by their American experience, at least early on, right? But did they want you to become a gymnast too? No, I think that was part of the. They always they wanted you know to come. Part of their immigrant narrative is that they like came to America so that I could not be a, a gymnast. Or I was never particularly um, that coordinated, or like I didn't show a great like aptitude for athletic. I wasn't very athletic. I was always kind of bookish. Um, so I think they wanted me. They were very disappointed when I decided to pursue like acting because mm. um, I did philosophy in undergrad, and I think they thought I would like end up in law school or something what did they think of acting they're not supportive at all they not initially no now they're now they're pleased enough but at first they were like because i didn't start acting until i was like 24 or 23 mm -hmm. um so i was already pretty late to like to pursue it it was a little like delusional i guess and they were like what like why like we they didn't want me to work in like inner because that was the world that they knew right, right. and they knew that it's like a pretty brutal exactly. world that a few people succeeded showgirls <laughs> yeah yeah they wanted out of out of showgirls they wanted out of show yeah. business um why did you get into acting you know if it was such a like if you knew if you if you knew if you knew you know if you had the lessons yeah um i like vaguely wanted to you know, be an actress as a child, the way kids do, you know? Um, but on it, I was just really like, I got a philosophy degree from a super mid college. I like was not, I was living in the Bay area, like trying to work. I was like, I was trying to get a job, but I kind of, I just wasn't employable are very like high functioning. Oh, I, I can relate, <laughs> relate to that. <laughs> you know, I was just like eating shit really bad and I was going to go to graduate school and then I got into a graduate program at CalArts called Aesthetics and Politics Whoa. and I was like, don't get another like useless degree. And um, I when I moved to Los Angeles to go to, to grad school, I like got street cast in like a commercial and like cited like a student film or something. And, um, I just sort of, it's, I thought I would defer. My plan was to defer for a year and like maybe give acting a shot and then maybe re go to grad school if it didn't pan out. And then I just became more bohemian and like <laughs> unemployable. <laughs> And just that ended up like really narrowing my options. So you ditched Cal, Cal Arts. You never <laughs> went there. I didn't go to Cal Arts. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you went to college in in Russia or no? Oh, it's an undergrad. Yeah, I did a whole serious person thing that I, I assume my mother wanted. I imagine <laughs> I, I have degree. I mean, it's ridiculous. I'm completely unemployable. No. I have bachelor's in economics and like Oriental studies with focus on Iran. I like learned Persian language and studied macroeconomics. What? No, no, but you're employable only. You're employable only by the CIA, essentially. Oh right, right. Actually, when I moved, I was considering. I thought, did they recruit no, you? But you're kind of supposed to self-recruit. You're supposed to at least, you know, shoot them an email. No one approached you, as far as I know. No, no, no. Or, no one approached. Or you're, or you're hiding it from me this whole time. I, yeah. Yes, I've been employed for. He's been a. She's yeah, an agent. I mean, my agent. She's like he doesn't do anything. Time. He just sits around the house. He just he doesn't. <laughs> it's just like all he does is tweet all day. It's just like it's all, it's all. Yeah, the su the subject continues to post. 
<laughs> no, no findings yet. No, but maybe I'm employed to contain you, right? Yeah. You want to do something it's radical, true. but I'm here to control it's you. It's true. It's a good point. I'm, I'm, I am. She says, why don't you get back on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but so anyways, after that, I went into Tehran University for years. I was kind of trying to do like the graduate school too. I guess I thought I would be a professor by now. Now thinking about it a decade ago, but I never became a professor. Did you guys meet in, Ra- in Russia? Yeah, yeah in Moscow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I met in Moscow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, what are we talking about? Oh, the Cal Arts. Yeah, you ditch the colors. I think it definitely now, post factum, definitely right choice. Yeah. Oh my God, right? yeah, yeah. But yeah, I had fantasies of like academia that just were not, were more del- delusional probably than even being an actual. <laughs> were you thinking of being like a professor type who like reads a lot? Yeah. Yeah, I thought, like, I'll keep going to school yeah. for as Me long too. as I can, and then I'll fall. Surely I'll find my way into some ivory tower. Why wouldn't I? I mean, it's really, it's, it's, it's more, it's, it's probably, you probably have more of more of a chance to succeed as an actress than to succeed as an academic. In, well, in, now in people yeah. openly talk about humanities as, like, complete failure. It's just a total end, yeah, back, like, slave labor. Even, yeah. yeah, back a decade ago. I don't know, it was a bit more feasible, it seemed. I don't know. But yeah, yeah it's definitely slave labor. I know a bunch of like adjunct type professors, yeah. really smart people in their 30s or even 40s who are like not doing that well. It's like a downwardly mobile profession. Yeah, yeah no, it's yeah. so hard. Yeah, it's a, it's impossible. Yeah, so it's like basically, yeah, <laughs> better to have a shot at acting. Wait, but how come you used to live, you said in Bay Area? Did you live in San Francisco? I went to college. I went to a school called Mills. Oh, so it's Oakland. near I know Lai. the college. Yeah, I know okay. it. Yeah. We, we used to... Um, it's now de- well, it, well. It was defunct, and now it got bought by Northeast. It went out of business. It went out of business, basically, <laughs> which is kind of weird here yeah, for a university. <laughs> it went out of business. <laughs> Literally, it's the it's a women's. Co- it was the only school that had a reverse to co-edification. They were going to go co-ed in the nineties, and all the lesbians like freaked out, so they made it a women's college again. Oh. And then ended up making the graduate program co-ed to like supplement, but it was just yeah, it's not. It wasn't. I think they've been probably hemorrhaging money. Probably. Yeah, I, I I know Mills College is because it's right. <laughs> it's not far away from Berkeley, and so a lot of people from Mills would go to Berkeley mm-hmm. to go, like to the bars and and there. I mean, there was like some nightlife there, right, uh, by the Berkeley campus. And I mean, you'd like be able to tell like the Mills College, you know. Uh, is that the women? Because they're women. They'd be like in packs of you know, women that'd be kind of hanging out at the bars. And I mean, there were, there was like some fantasies, I guess, going around that, you know, this is the place, that's where you got to go to like, these are the desperate ones, you know, that you got to, that you, that you gotta, yeah. they're from the all, women, they're not all women's college. Yeah. So it's like all women's college. So it's, you know, they, they have to be desperate. desperate. Yeah. I mean, mm. I don't know if it's any true, but well, because they're not—they're not exposed. <laughs> they're like the prudes, yeah. They don't—they don't—they can't meet men on campus. Right. So, that, yeah. so it makes you study harder. I liked—I, you know, I liked going to a women's college and having like a segregated education. Um, but I like really wasn't in college to make friends. Right. <laughs> I actually want to ask because you know because this is like immigrant deprogramming. I mean, did you you know one thing is one thing is like about identity. I know that you said that you're you know you're sort of returning back mm-hmm. to you know your kind of Catholic roots. I guess you know um, in in a kind of a, yeah. in, in a new way that you're yeah, you, that kind of works for you. But when you were younger, I mean, being in Las Vegas, I mean, so so were you growing up when when you were a kid, were you surrounded by other um, you know people like? 
from the Soviet Union, or were you just plunged into kind of a you know Las Vegas American um, culture without any kind of you know context that you know of, of the country that you're for, that you're from you know other than your parents or something? My parents had a lot like uh, because of the industry that they worked in, there were a lot of mm-hmm. Russians around, and my parents had because they were like in their twenties, <laughs> um, they had a friend group of. Yeah, of other like former Soviet gymnasts, which in hindsight is very cool. Very cool. Yeah, um, I would have. Yeah, um, and they would like a lot of them didn't have kids, and I'm an only child, so my parents would just take me to their like Russian people parties, and I was around a lot of like, um, yeah, former Soviet uh, circus people, basically. <laughs> um, so there was sort of like a network of 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 Russians in Las Vegas, but what that wasn't big and we weren't part of a bigger Russian community outside of like my parents' professional relationships. Got it. And they were not religious or at least they were not practicing religion. No, not, a, not at all. Okay. Yeah. Especially when we moved to America, it was just, we, it, it didn't make uh-huh. any sense. We believed that we were, we were unchurched. Um, and my dad's Orthodox, but not practicing and my mom's mm-hmm. Catholic and not practicing. And my grandma was very religious, wow. and she's the one who had me baptized. Oh, wow. But but then, <laughs> did they speak Russian to you? How what what did they kind of pass on to you culture wise? Clearly not like they didn't force you to go to church or anything. But did they read your Russian books? No, <clears throat> I um yeah, my mom read. My mom, my mom was very 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 good about um, making sure I. She had like. Soviet text. I had to. I really hated it as a kid because I had to do my like Ruski uroki, <laughs> and I like <laughs> made me do like uh, Russian like writing and reading exercises. And I'm like, I speak to them in Russian, mm-hmm. um, but I have like an accent, and I'm a little like stunned. I'm basically kind of at, like a third grade Russian fluency level, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can read and write. I just don't. And that's, yeah, my mom made a real point of like making sure that I didn't forget Russian, which I'm grateful for now. But back as a kid or even like as a teenager, you were not that much into it, right? Yeah, my parents, yeah, my parents loved to tell an anecdote about um, when I was like about 13 and we were like in the car and I like pronounced something wrong in Russian and they corrected me and I said, Я живу в Америке и говорю по-английски и вам рекомендую. So assimilationist, right? You were just... Yeah, it's got to be annoying. Yeah. I was just being yeah. a cunt, yeah. I was just... <laughs> that's, that's good. <laughs> oh, did you think... Did you think as a kid their English was like I don't know they were weird a bit immigrants sometimes embarrassed of their like right parents English or something my parents have a lot of shame around their like accented broken English which I uh, feel bad I think they should you know embrace um, their English is my dad's English is better than my mom's they definitely are more comfortable speaking Russian and when I was growing up um they like I learned English for faster than them because I was a kid. I remember being how I this is like shameful <laughs> now to even think about but I remember being embarrassed by like my grandparents when they would come and visit because they seemed really really foreign. Mm. 
and Russian and weird. <laughs> Even clothes, everything, um, right? Like the body language. Yeah, I just like I was like, oh, like I, what you yeah. like go to a restaurant or something, or who would you be? Who would you be embarrassed in front of? Yeah, like my grandma would come and pick me up from school, mm. and she had like a mustache, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> and it was just like clearly, I mean, you know, like really right, like you know, totally like from Belarus. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, I have no way of telling I'm from Moscow, but do you think that being, because your identity is, I guess, Belarusian, do you think it's somehow different from, like, Russian? Because when you say, oh, my my grandmother was clearly, like, from Belarus, to me, it's like, I don't I don't even know. I guess it's the same. No, I'm just being, I'm, yeah, it's the, I'm just being specific because I'm yeah, talking yeah, yeah. to Russian people, but I used to just say I was Russian and still basically do because most people... Until, like, pretty recently, I hadn't heard of Belarus, mm. really, until, like, the recent elections. Like, I feel like Belarus really fades out of, in and out of people's consciousness. And um, the vast majority of people in America would, I just say I'm Russian. Because uh-huh. then I do basically identify as Russian. I, I don't speak Belarusian. Right. Um, and we're from Minsk, and it was, like, the tail end of the Soviet Union when I was born. So it's just, you know, it's all, it's it is, like... Yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, it, it reminds um, me kind of of, you know, I don't know much about, um, um, oh God, okay, now I can't even remember his name, the, 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 uh, the artist guy, you know, who, um, who is also Rutherian, um, Andy Warhol, Andy Warhol, yes, yes. um, I mean, he's, it's, a, you yeah. know, like the whole, like, Rutherian, Ukrainian, um, you know, it, like when Ukrainians would come to, I mean, there's just all this like, how do you call yourself in the new country that you come from, right? When when you when like the old world that you come from is also kind of, you know, has been cut up and the identities are not so clear cut sometimes. I mean, they kind of, you know, they depend on your, the particular like sort of branch of the church that you're a part of, the language that you speak, which like part of the Hungarian empire border that you were at, you know, at at some point. And so like, exactly. and so I feel like it's being, yeah, it's, it's kind of harder, I guess, kind of being from the peripheries of, of the empire, right? Because the identities there have changed so much. Mm-hmm. And even with with you with like the Belarusian identity, it does it's like still it seems like it's still that's like a Soviet remnant or something, Soviet right? Soviet remnant, but also like w- yeah, what is actually Belarusian person? You I know? have like, no yeah, idea. Yeah, it's hard to even define. I think for a lot of people, right? I mean, for people from there, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, what, where is like that's why the DNA test was so interesting to me because I was like, oh, I'm like. Bello, I guess I am from Belarus, but like, what does that really mean? Yeah. I guess it means that the people and like, yeah, how where does it with like a Lithuanian yeah. person and a Ukrainian person? I mean, someone. Um. Uh, have you guys experienced any Russophobia? Well, definitely, yeah. <laughs> Recently, well, actually, not even war related. I just definitely experienced like, I don't know, sort of off-cuff remarks about Russians in a way that I felt like you can be kind of openly almost in li- liberal circles, like very like, I don't know, some Harvard educated people. Yeah, it's, it's like okay yeah, to be racist against Russians. Because, <laughs> I guess because we're white. Well, they, we're like, and, yeah, exactly. And it's also so weird. Basically, I'll tell you the story. Basically, one guy, he's like a film-related person I met in Sundance um, anyway, and he went to Harvard, went to some, I don't know, basically all this elite education. And he would tell me I would never trust a Russian. And it wasn't a joke. <laughs> 
it was like implying some sneakiness mm-hmm. maybe like nefariousness i'm like what is this <laughs> oh, and don't I, trust didn't the say, Russian. i didn't say anything but i mean <laughs> what yeah but isn't that isn't he the guy that also then tried to like raise money from a russian producer yes and yes. then that's the guy who eventually i think tried to write serious about water you know like water of zakonya and uh kind of mm-hmm. clearly researched some whatever russian or soviet uh, history thing and try to get money from Russian producers to make it. You'd never it. trust a Russian unless he wanted to get some money from them for a film. From, 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 from. Unless he needed money. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so so yeah, I, I did encounter, but like mild. What about you? Well, yeah, recently there was like a Ukrainian girl on Instagram who was like fashion adjacent mm-hmm. who was like upset at me and Anna about something and was like posting, like tagging me in long Post. I mean, early days of the war, there were definitely like skitzed out people sending me like photos oh, of like dead Russian God. soldiers and stuff. Like really, like stuff where I was like, "What? This is insane!" But this girl was yeah. like posting screenshots of our like Wikipedia pages, like circling that we were born in Belarus and man, I was born yeah. in mm-hmm. Moscow. And she said, "Like, why did you come to America to spread your toxic culture?" <laughs> And I was like, do you really, like, I'm like, girl, you're from Ukraine. Like our culture is the same. It's both toxic. (laughs) We're all slob. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Why did I come here to spread my toxic? It's funny. It's funny because (laughs) it's funny because Belarus is now like, because Belarus, all right, it's just a funny thing. You know, I've, Belarus has always been like, you know, Ukraine's last dictatorship. You know, that's sort of like the the tagline, right? That like, that you hear about it. I'm not Ukraine. I mean, Europe's last dictatorship. Dictatorship, yeah, right. sorry, yeah. Europe, Europe's last yeah. dictatorship. Yeah. That's like that's what people know about Belarus, right? I mean, that's sort of the the tagline. And and then but it's always like, oh, it's just bad kind of locally, right? It's not like bad um like internationally because it's just it's like a it's too like small. a, a it's too, too small and kind of just they're just oppressing their own people. Which yeah, is useless, yeah, it's useless yeah. kind of just oppressing its own people and with their tractors and everything, you know. Um but now actually you know, with this war, you know, it's like actually Belarus is now part of like you know, a lot of part, the invasion actually part of the invasion was launched from Belarusian territory, right? So it's like now part mm-hmm. of like the grand yeah. coalition of I don't know, like of you know evil of evil imperial Russia or whatever that wants to dominate the world. And so I guess now you're suddenly because I mean now you're because before you, if you're Belarusian you could just be a victim, I guess you know. But now if you're Belarusian you're also an aggressor. I guess it's a new identity for you too. I mean, for as a Belarusian to be like an imperial aggressor. <laughs> I wish I Join was yeah. the club. Yeah. <laughs> if I was Ukrainian, I'd be getting so much clout right now, and instead, I'm getting. Sad. Maybe you should. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. If I had just been born just across you the border. Know. Well, I know we're joking, but do you think like now, acting wise or industry wise, do you think there's anything that not that can stop you, but like, yeah, this like you, the war problem, the fact that you're Belarusian or whatever, Russian ad- identifying as Russian, is it, can it be a problem? I mean, I do think that there's, <laughs> I mean, can you think of any like Russian American actors that aren't Jewish? <laughs> I only know Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis. She's Jewish. She's Jewish. Mila Kunis, but she's she's Jewish and Ukrainian right, from from Ukraine. So she's, she's golden. Yeah, she's having a little. Oh, she's gold. She's, she's golden. She's, yeah, I don't know. There was Anton Yel Anton Yelchin who died. Uh huh. He died. Um, which he's is dead. He tr- died very tragically. Yes. Right. I don't know anyone else really. Oh, I'm trying to remember. Actually, no. 
this Belarusian director who is, I guess, grew up actually in Minsk, Dasha Zhuk. Oh, Dasha Zhuk. 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 Yeah, sorry. In the, the middle. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know, I know her as well. Actually. Okay, so that's, yeah. I guess, an example of a working, there we go. you know. No, no, it's not, I don't think there's like, uh, like a McCarthyist. No, no. Uh, <laughs> but I do think that, that there, it's like any kind of being foreign in a way that doesn't have. Victim um, kind of status is not good. Cultural, cultural currency is good. Yeah. I think it's exactly, good to be foreign, yeah. but a victim. Because you just read as foreign, you can't, you can't really, yeah, if you're not a right. victim and you're foreign and you can't really, but I don't know. But, and, but Russians always are cast as like villains. It's been, I think that's partly why it's okay to be racist against them is because there's so many vestiges of like Cold War mentality in American right. culture. That's true. And they're white. They're just kind of like dark, dark America. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're just like evil America to people. So it's easy to do that. Uh, be racist against them. You know, a lot of what I noticed um, being kind of complete outsider, I mean, an immigrant, but not like a real immigrant like you guys, is that all those like Jewish immigrants or kids of Jewish immigrants are helping in this Russophobia. They're like the one who are like frequently journalists, writers, and they're only contributing to this Slav phobia because they're Jews and they're, I don't know, making (laughs) like culture of their parents that is like a bit Russophobic. (laughs) Moscovites also get passed on. I don't know. I have all the theories, but whatever. It it is there. So they're doing it to themselves. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, it's yeah. like it's sort of like if you read a, a Gary Steingart novel, it's like he just he's like it's like a machine gun of just like <laughs> the tropes and like the stereotypes of, of what like what the Russian men are like all thugs, criminals, you know, dangerous people. <laughs> all the Russian women are basically <laughs> like sluts, yeah. whores. Um, like we'll do- there was a lot. Yeah. Mel- Melania Trump got a lot. Every time people would be like, "She's yeah. a prostitute," I'd be like, "You're just being like slobophobic." Yeah, it's yeah. Like, almost. It's you would racist. never say this about those. Stuff, the way people talk about Russian women is really like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, you no, can't, no. You can't really talk about any other group like that. No, somehow it's allowed and even like in polite circles. You just call them whores. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we should just embrace it. Whatever. Yeah, no. I mean, there's, there's like, there's a kind of. Um, there's a kind of, uh, I don't know, it's kind of, in a way, cool. Uh, uh, but also dangerous yes. horse who are like kind of smart can trick yeah, you. Like, I think that's the vibe. No, exactly. It's like there aren't many categories of, of, you know, of people. You know, again, here we go. Get, I mean, when you talk about immigrant, you know, when we talk about anything that's related to immigrants, or uh, it's like the eugenics like, just comes through because, you know, people might pretend like they're not into eugenics, you know, but like it's so colors people's thinking, you know, like just be breaking people down into racial Wait, categories. But it came from America. Hitler was inspired by the American exactly no and, and yeah exactly so the eugenics stuff is like kind of you know you don't call it that anymore but mm-hmm. but exactly but we're like from this group of people I mean I I it's funny because I kind of identify as a Russian even though a lot of Russians don't even wouldn't see me as as a Russian they would see me as a Jewish person well but, you told me that sort of through me you started identifying as a Russian yeah well just because I always I mean I you know yeah I mean I don't know it's my own identity yeah my own identity exactly yeah my own identity is all very weird because I mean, my parents are basically, yeah, like they're Soviet people. And Soviet people are, I mean, what is a, is a Russian person? 
you know, it's like these categories are kind of interchangeable in a way, right? Like, because Russia is kind of the, the heart of the Soviet Union, kind of the dominant culture of the Soviet Union. Yeah. And if you're a Soviet yeah. person from the, from Russia, right, right, like the Russian Socialist Republic, and that means that are you Russian? And you don't well, really. You they're don't really, Russians, but they're like also Jewish nationalists, so it's color. That certain came things. later. They weren't born <clears throat> that. That came when they were yeah. adults, essentially. And so, anyway, I, I, I just feel like it's good. It's kind of nice to be from a category of per people. Uh, that is like feared so much or has so much, you know, like has just so much, uh, it induces so much fear in, in American people. I love being, Ru- I mean, I love being Russian. Right. I get a weird, I get a weird perverse enjoyment out of like when they don't allow you to do the Russian flag at the Olympics or even on, <laughs> I play chess a lot. Um, and on chess.com, I used to have like a Belarusian flag. And then I noticed that the Russian flag was like a gray square. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And I changed my, my, my flag to the Russian one because I think it's, there's something so powerful about that like ominous gray square, the uh-huh. like not Russia flag. <laughs> and then the Olympics when like all their stuff just said, like not Russia <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, um, no, they're not allowed to show their flag, but it gives it more kind of like uh, it's more ominous. the negative space. The negative space of it makes it so much more ominous. And I'm really, pr- I am proud to be Russian. Right. It's funny. I'm more. I got more proud of being a Russian since I moved to America. So it's like a long journey to becoming Same. I mean, immigration is, yeah. is like clarifies. Uh, I mean, because then you have something. You, to like to measure yourself up against and, and it clarifies your identity in a way, right? Or makes it stronger. I mean, that's why you have a lot of people who become super Russian patriots, you know? <laughs> in exile. In, in, right. And yet living, you know, don't mm-hmm. live in Russia. It just, it's, yeah, it, but it's like, anyway, I'm not going to go on this, <laughs> I guess. Um, what? What? Tangent. But the thing is, like, I grew up in, you know, like post-Soviet Russia, like uh, 90s kid. And um, yeah. I grew up in the American culture. So everything that was cool mm-hmm. was American. And it was like widely accessible, all those cartoons, the snicker bars and all that stuff. And I think at that point, at least my mom didn't know it's like I guess bad I went to McDonald's and I thought it's the best thing in the world Happy Meal I loved McDonald's I didn't even like the food I think I, maybe I liked ice cream but I like Happy Meal like the toys and stuff and it was so colorful I loved Big Mac oh. <laughs> The first time of Big I Mac. grew up oh. in Russia. I was supposed to like have a bit more of a <laughs> Russian thing, and I didn't. I thought it all drab and gray, and the best things are American. So it takes a while to sort of reconsider those things. I, you I know? mean, I kind of joke with you know. I mean, it's actually a, kind of a joke, but it's actually true in a lot of ways. Is that Eugenia, even though she was born in, in Russia and grew up in Russia, and I came here as a kid. I was nine when I came to America. I mean, she's more American than I am in a lot of ways culturally just because I grew up mm. in the kind of an Im- in a sort of immigrant ghetto where a lot of our the culture that uh, we had you know uh, to, up until we were like I don't know in our very early teens was like the culture of our parents right and which was like 1980s Soviet culture so we would listen to all yeah, of my show, parents non-ironically been... non-ironically we would listen to Soviet. oh my god yes yeah. and so and so and so and so yeah and and meanwhile you know Zhenya was uh you know like being just like irradiated irradiated by American culture you know, like... where I was protected a little bit yeah so I it's That's... it's weird she's more American than I am she knows more more American culture than I do even though I watched STS there was like a Russian channel yeah. that showed all like the American 
films with Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> and there was like Olsen twins were my heroes. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. Um, but did you watch like, because my parents, I think that like, like Yasha's also, they, um, they raised that. I watched a lot of like Soviet cartoons. I watched like Lupa Gadi. Yeah, I watched and that too. And and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you watched that also in addition yeah, to the in addition, program, But I think yeah. it was sort of, again, not somehow as exciting as Tom and Jerry. Just the colors. It's like the speed. Like all the American stuff was seemed to be like mm, higher it's production. Like glossier, values, glossier. Better, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah. I think it's trash. To my daughter, I'm going to show, <laughs> you know, I am showing her like Jozek uh, Tumani, you know, like I'm trying to do the song. Vini Buch is far superior. Yeah. To, he's yeah. cuter. He's got a better voice. Mm-hmm. He's got more spunk. <laughs> Definitely. But the glossy stuff, I think that can get a kid. So anyway, so I thought American stuff was like <laughs> much better, you know, like if you remember of in Russian, it's yeah. like Magazine Divani. I think Magazine Divani in English, what is it? Like when they sell you stuff um, on, TV. on t- TV commercials, TV, inf- um, infomercials. Yeah. Like infomercials. Yeah, infomercials yeah. Yeah. Basically, my thing was that the remember the infomercials when they show you something like your life is shit before you buy the blender and it's black and white and then you get the right mm-hmm. knife or blender mm-hmm. and it gets all the colors. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, so that so that's that was kind of, to me, was America, all the colors and the drab, gray and white. That's like the Russian thing. <laughs> well, Bel- I remember when I would visit, because Belarus really is, I mean, I think it's maybe a little different now, but even in the, in the 90s, because of the Lukashenko regime and it like really clinging to the vestiges of like the Soviet Union, when I was there as a kid, it really was like being in the U.S. It was like there's huh. three state television channels they show like soviet cartoons wow like at night and there's like one radio station that like shuts off at midnight it's like everything was really like top down ussr style and really shitty and gray and like (laughs) nightmarish and i think it's yeah maybe a little more because there's a big it sector there now and it is becoming more westernized which is why there's so much like political resistance to um but when I would visit as a kid. Yeah. In the late 90s? Like it was till 90s? Yeah, I guess maybe the last time, or like maybe the early 2000s was the last time I was there. But it was drab. I see. I, I mean, even when I went, because the only time I went to Belarus is when I tried to, when I, oh, this is actually a, a perfect uh, example of what, you know, because, you know, I'm like, I, okay, I came here as a kid, but grew up in, in, in America. And so what an American thinks of Belarus it doesn't even think of, of its existence. It doesn't even realize that it's there. So when yeah, I when yeah. I try I take it I try to take a train from uh, from from basically from Austria through Poland into Russia, forgetting that Belarus is in the middle. You know. <laughs> 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 and and, um, and, yeah. and and so and like and back then, you know, I only have an American citizenship. So back then, mm. it was like the low point of, for that time, a low point of like relations between America and Belarus. And so like they were really strict on Americans. Like if you're an American and you even want to transit through the country on a train without leaving the train, you need to get a transit visa. And I was like, and so I had yeah. just like, I took this train from, you know, from, from Vienna and I was like in this, in this coupe, in this like a compartment with this like guy from, I think he's from uh, Kazakhstan. Uh, he was a gastarbeiter in Europe, work, you know, coming, returning back. And he, we got this bottle of cognac and he was, you know, we got just 
totally wasted. I just was completely hungover. I remember talking, hanging out with him, and he was like, he found out that I was Jewish, and that you know he did the classical things like, oh, you're a Jew, but you're a good Jew. All that, oh, you know, I got that from like the, you know immediately on that from, train. Like, the guy who in Russia in Moscow they called him like a, a black ass. They would call him a, like oh yeah, so they would call him a black ass or whatever mm. in Russia. He's calling me a Jew, but a good Jew. You know, this is like a classic Soviet, a classic Soviet experience like, here. Everyone is racist. I know. Yeah. But then, like, in the morning, <laughs> yes. suddenly, you know, you have the Belarusian guards coming through the compartments, you know, checking everyone's passports. And I'm like, and I show them my passport, thinking, oh, yeah, whatever, you know, they're just going to let me through. And they're like, and they know, they pull me off the fucking train. And, uh, and then they, under escort, like, they, they hold me in, in the train station, you know, the train leaves. And so they want, they're deporting me. They're deporting me from Belarus, you know? So they're, de- so like, they're putting me on the next yes. train going back the other way. And so I, like, did this clumsy thing. I was, like, trying to bribe someone. I was trying to bribe someone, you know? I, and I did yes. all these, like, you know, like, can't we come go? to an agreement? <laughs> and people, and, and, you know, and actually in Belarus, it's actually pretty difficult to bribe people uh, at, that po- at that point in time, as I, as I found out later, that you, people would not take a bribe because the people, it was actually pretty strict about... Is it because mm-hmm. they're honest people? No, because I think there was a clampdown on, like, on, um, on, on graft. It's yeah. just been highly... What year was that? Um, this was 2005. Six, mm-hmm. two thousand five or six, and so yeah. Well, that's why I yeah. haven't been. I haven't gone back because my Belarusian passport expired, and if I travel with my American passport that says I was born in Belarus, it's just yeah. I don't know. We I've been like detained as a child at the at the airport in Minsk, oh, wow. and uh, there's just lot. Yeah, the beard, the bureaucracy is so scary. <laughs> exactly, and then I had to pay yeah. him like some basically a bra- basically like a I had to pay over two hundred dollars for a transit visa. <laughs> They, they they like they really just like and I used to run around this Polish little border town I can't even remember what it's called like to all the ATMs like trying to like withdraw enough enough you know money to pay this guy <laughs> it was just it was a free, it was just it was like it, but well that's, now but you that, know where Belarus is but that, now I know where that Belarus exists and, and I respect it yeah <laughs> yes yeah. and you fall in line and you get your papers in order <laughs> okay okay let's go back to your story um, I actually only know your early work which is super weird like I have I, like I've never watched Succession I know you've been on it but I've never <laughs> started watching so I'm not gonna watch now yeah you, don't, I, yeah you have to watch a lot of it yeah and I don't know I know it's like kind of murder like whatever I guess it's 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 cool but I kind of don't watch TV I'm like I don't know I can't, I can't watch it's any a good shows. show if you're gonna watch a show it's a it's a good one I know a lot of a lot of people that a lot of my friends are really yeah are really into it yeah but I'm a minor char- character on it I don't it's not yeah I play a crisis publicist in the third season. I'm not even in the fourth. Oh, okay. But anyway, that was a big breakthrough. But for me, I actually know of you. Um, I've seen you in Alexa Karolinsky's videos. Oh my God, yeah. And that's so weird because then I guess I kind of lost maybe track of you and then and then you kind of surfaced as a podcaster. So anyway, so my point <laughs> is that I kind of, <laughs> in a weird way, I go way back. That's interesting. I guess it's considered the, <laughs> I like, didn't even know that. you know how they say, oh, the early work was good. <laughs> <laughs> to the men um <clears throat> yeah and um i definitely watched um you know i'm trying to remember i like looked it up i think i even watched parts of darby banarski oh my god yeah wow cool <laughs> but the thing is it was a really weird way i found out about you because and now i'm thinking like you were definitely destined to <laughs> 
to succeed because like um alexa i i just found out about alexa because i wanted to go to like documentary whatever school and she went to, to the yeah. um what is it god i'm blanking um school of visual arts i think in new york anyway and so i've, mm-hmm. I've seen somehow you in her videos was it just music videos i can't remember or short movies i guess music videos I did right a, we did like a music video for some german band And then we did like a fashion video. We've okay. done like I've done like I've been in like short things of hers. Yeah. Okay. I guess I guess that's what I've seen. Yeah, and it was it was like weirdly like captivating. Alexa is uh, really <laughs> talented too, of course. But yeah, there was definitely- yeah the music video. Yeah, was shot by she like was the cinematographer was my boyfriend at the time, and she literally like locked us in like a motel and gave us like ketamine oh wow <laughs> and he just filmed me like doing weird stuff and then she cut it together <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty smart yeah. wow that's and it turned out great yeah <laughs> that's good advice to ketamine <laughs> and <hot people>. yeah, <laughs> some, yeah. <clears throat> but but yeah so that's like that's kind of, i guess how i discovered you but for you that was now i understand better so that for you that was the very beginning right you were just kind of starting to act in la and yeah i was just sticking around basically yeah yeah and was it i guess the back to the whole immigrant thing were you like falling into like or was there some kind of indie like more soviet immigrant type of like artists slash filmmakers in la that you like kind of mad well the first film i ever did the first like feature length film was made by um a filmmaker named eugene kotlarenko mm-hmm. um in which i play a girl named uh Zhenya, actually um but we okay. um uh he's ukrainian he's he's from ukraine uh and jewish Mm-hmm. Um, so he's also an Im- immigrated as a kid, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, and he, I'm working on a film with him now, actually. Um, and we've like collab, we've collaborated in, in the in the past, and but there wasn't so much like a an expat community. We just sort of um, our sensibilities were aligned, probably because of our, our background. And so it felt natural to collaborate together. But yeah, that was the first movie I did. It was also with like a, a Russian. Immigrant. That was the Wobble Palace. That, is that Wobble Palace? The one that you're talking that's about? That's Wobble yeah. Palace. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait. I watched Wobble Palace. I didn't realize that. Wait, that's the character, Janya? Anyway, I guess I didn't remember. He call, we call her like Janya or something. She's like, <laughs> her name is Jane, but she's Russian. So really, it's like her real name was Janya. Whatever. <laughs> There was a point where we, yeah, he says like something. Yeah. His Russian's low key worse than mine, even though he speaks it with his grandma. Oh. But he's from like Brighton Beach. He's like he's super from like a a Russian immigrant enclave. Okay, well that's that has some sort of at least you can be rooted in Brighton Beach, I feel like it's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> to build I was there the other day. It's awesome. <laughs> did he did he cast you because of your because of your um partially because of, you know, you're like your I don't know, your 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 Soviet immigrant identity or your sort of Russian identity? Mm. No, but that's probably why we became friends. Gotcha. At least early on. Right. Yeah. Um, and then we just made the character Russian because we had we had that in common. Got it. Okay, because I see. Yeah. yeah, I tried to remember. Yeah, I remember it was like interesting kind of, I guess it was like a mm, voiceover, right? Over your voiceover, over half of, of part of the film. We did a lot of VO in the movie. Right, right. But it's like... The narrative change. 
Yeah, but in the end, like the Russian, like being Russian is not part of it. It's just kind of, it's just your sensibility, but it's not about, yeah, it's not about being Russian, I guess. No, it's not, yeah. Okay, so back, back to your track. So how was it? So you're in LA and you're a bohemian. Mm-hmm. You ditched CalArts. <laughs> and mm-hmm. what did you think we were doing? Were you like um, getting by on just some like jobs? What was, what, did, basically, <laughs> did you have a plan or did you have a plan B? What's your... Ooh, I Well, they say not to have a plan B, but... Uh, who's they? I... Who, who's they? Who's they? Yeah. Hey, people say that, I know, right? Just kidding, yeah. <laughs> the, the man says that, yeah. yeah. If you have a plan B, like, don't, I don't know, something, something, something. Um, I didn't know. I was really, like, super marginal. I was a waitress uh, for a few years, and then I was, like, a... Then I stopped waitressing and worked as, like, a karaoke hostess. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Im- very immigrant-centric job... Um, where I basically like did karaoke with like Korean businessmen for for money, which a lot of Russian girls actually did. Mm. Um, so maybe what they say is, is true. Did you, uh, did you rob any of while they were drunk? Yeah. <laughs> you could, yeah. yeah. So you had to sing along with them? What do you mean? It's, yeah, it's called a domi. It's like, uh, which is like which means helper in korean and you it's Uh really sketchy it's like run by it's like i got the job off craigslist Uh uh-huh and the next day like a korean guy picked me up in a van and like drove me to like a karaoke bar (laughs) where i like you line up you literally like line up in front of like korean businessmen and they pick which girl they want and then if they pick you you like help them use the karaoke technology and sing and dance for them (laughs) It's like, it's very, uh, you know, it's like, it's not sex work, right? but it's like a kind of emotional, uh, romantic labor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. I guess. And they just sit around? Um, they sing too. Uh-huh. It depends. I mean, it's like, I think it has to do with their uh, hostess clubs are also really popular in Japan. Um, it's really like a Korean Japanese thing. And I think businessmen just have a hard time socializing. So they need like the girls there to like uh, lubricate and like make easier their like big night. It's like the way like American businessmen go to like steakhouses or do the three martini lunch. It's like Korean businessmen go to karaoke. Just yeah, because they're just so everything is so formal that they have to like um, have loosen bring, up. Or yeah, yeah, it's the only time they're able mm-hmm. to yeah to like let loose, and it's like a bonding exercise for like corporate, corporate Koreans. <laughs> so weird. Yeah, I've heard about them, of course. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. But this was in yeah Koreatown in Los Angeles, and then I moved to New York um, in 2018. And that was, uh, did you move to just change things up because like. I had a boyfriend here that I like moved in with mm-hmm. um, and I met, I already knew Anna sort of tangentially and then we started the podcast pretty soon after I, I got here. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that you, uh, that's when you just, he basically had just moved to New York when you started it. Oh, right. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Bobble Palace had, ju- had premiered at South by Southwest that year and that's where the sailor socialism thing happened yeah, yeah. oh so right like and that year, blew yeah. up that wow. was a big yeah. year and that so that happened right before or right we started the podcast basically right before that had happened 
And so my audience, like, I mean, I got like 50,000 followers, like overnight, basically. Crazy. And had already started the podcast. So it was a real perfect storm kind of. Mm. of, Right. Yeah, that changed changed everything. uh, Those InfoWars, you know, really did like really helped you out there. It's kind of it's kind of incredible. It's amazing. Yeah, I can't. uh, I really did not see it coming. (laughs) (laughs) Well, things align, I guess, sometimes. Yeah. So, and the, you didn't move to New York specifically to start a podcast. You were still pursuing acting when you were in New York, right? I was still, my agent was also in New York. Mm-hmm. So it made sense. I had, you know, right. yeah, but the podcast seemed like a viable way. Because this was, we, my boyfriend at the time had a podcast called Come Town. Um, and he was friends with like the Chapo Trap House guys. So there was like a moment kind of where it seemed like a very uh, lucrative. plausible and like lucrative <laughs> endeavor. Yeah, it was like, oh, damn, people make making money off podcasts? And me and Anna were like, oh, we're like Russian, like kind of feminist, critical girls. We have like, we seem like we're aligned in this like perspective. Yeah. And it makes sense for us to like join forces. <laughs> did, did, did being in New York like kind of activates the, the Russian kind of identity thing more than, um, you know, than being on the West Coast? Mm, no, I mean, I... Uh, I well, I was really surprised that I wasn't Jewish at all because <laughs> I've always I immediately really liked New York. I've always felt an affinity for Jewish people and homosexuals. <laughs> so New York was really like a perfect place. And if anything, I felt it made me like I was like it made me more uh, Jewy. Yeah, um, but I I'm, I'm, I don't have any 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 in me <laughs> new york is very yeah it is a very jewish city isn't it like yeah right that- yeah i guess that's why it feels homey for us too yeah <laughs> i didn't get but yeah i think the like byzantinism and like becoming interested in in slavdom through spirituality was what kind of made me more russian feel more russian at least yeah is it like, because I know that, because, you know, I mean, I don't have actually any anyone in my family that converted, that I know of, that converted to, you know, Christianity, but I know that Zhenya has, well, you at least have, you know, it's your your dad, mm-hmm. your father um, converted, and also your uncle converted as yeah, well. Yeah, also Jewish. Yeah. Also Jewish. So, I mean, and they converted, in, in essence, you know, your dad converted as a way of, like, as a kind of, as a rebellion. I know, was, I think it was system. a fuck you to the Soviet system, bunch of like bohemian mm-hmm. types because he was like a poet. And the, anyway, they were doing that. It wasn't, it was kind of like unique, but not that unique in the group. It was I like think. a punk thing to do. Mm-hmm. But he, it, yeah. but it wasn't like something that he that discarded later, right? It just, it was. No, no, he persevered. Yeah. Yeah. When it already became mainstream in the 90s to be um, <clears throat> not a communist, but Russian Orthodox, and, I think. Yeah. And so, but so for you, like for you, Dasha, like, you know, kind of going back to your, to your Catholic kind of roots, what did that, what was that about for you? Because I know that there is like a moment, I guess people are having in terms of, I don't know, turning back to like more traditional types of, you know, religious. um... Yeah. I mean, I was sort of preyed on by like Twitter Catholics (laughs) who invited me to some like Latin masses in Midtown and stuff. And, um... I'm, I'm a, I, 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 I'm a spiritual person, you yeah. know, so I was open to that kind of experience. I was like having a hard time in my life. Um, 
and I went to Paris. I went to like soccer court in Paris and like had some meaningful experiences. Um, but then really didn't, it, I wasn't, I was like nominally kind of Catholic, but not really practicing. And it wasn't until I found like the Byzantine right where it, it made like sense for me and it felt like something I wanted to do. And I think that that has to do with it being basically like Russian Orthodoxy. Hmm. Interesting. Or Greek Orthodoxy, whichever. <laughs> but it's the same. Yeah, it's the same. Sir. So yeah, it's the same. Um, I was, I was never confirmed Roman Catholic. I was like chrismated last summer into the Byzantine, right? Which is what they call their confirmation. Oh, but this see. is all super spurgy, like <laughs> Christian stuff. What do they call but it? Basi- they, yeah. they call it what? Chrismated? Chrismation. Chrismation. Yeah. Chrismation. Wow, interesting. Mm-hmm. Wait, and does it, um, does it affect your like daily life in a major way? <laughs> yeah, I go to, I go to church. Yeah. And I receive communion and stuff. I go every, I try and go every Sunday. Um, I observe like, like we just had Easter mm-hmm. and Lent just ended. Right. And do you, you do um, confessions? I go to confession. Yeah. <laughs> no, interesting. it's interesting. Yeah. Cause I just, you know, for me, I, I mean, I, you know, there's like, I don't know, it's like a person who's basically Soviet, you know, uh, grew up without any kind of religion at all. And, you know, only later on when I was, you know, already not a child, you know, I learned about a kind of Jewish identity, which is more, I guess, it's it's not even religious. It's more like cultural and... You had almost, bar mitzvah, come on. Yeah, but it's, but, the, but yeah, I had a bar mitzvah. <laughs> I had a bar mitzvah, but the church, I mean, the church, that that church or that synagogue, that that strain of like of Judaism, the reformed Judaism um, is basically a dead end. I mean, because it gives you nothing spiritual. I don't know, I, I felt like, and that's why it's sort of dying. Yeah. It's dying, it's dying and... Um, the more like conservative, I guess, more uh, strains of Judaism, like, you know, like Chabad, which is sort of this, um, you see them in New York all over the place. Um, it's the ones that try to like, you know, catch you on the street and ask you if you're Jewish, you know, and like the, the ones that drive around in those RVs, the RVs, you know, with like the mm-hmm. blasting the techno music. The <laughs> and yes, stuff, exactly. Yeah. Those are like the, that. What, that's why that is like the fastest growing, you know, denomination of Judaism because. Oh, that's interesting. Because it gives you like a feeling of, I don't know, of like, of, I don't know, like, I don't even, there's no such thing as true Judaism, but it is, feels more real, I guess, to people because <laughs> it's, it, 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 first of all, it requires more commitment, you know, from people. Well, there's something there. Yes, it's and, like there's, and there's a life there. I almost yeah, converted yeah, yeah. to Judaism. Oh, really? Before. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to what, to like, to which one, to the, the Chabad one or to, do you know which um, one? Yeah. I was discerning. I was drawn, because like you said, like it feels stupid to convert to reform mm-hmm. Judaism. Um, yeah. So I was like, I mean, it was, it was more, I was engaged at the time uh, um, to a Jew who was like, I think his parents were Chabad or it wasn't like drastically important, but it felt like something I could do and something that, like I said, I've always, I've always, always had Jewish boyfriends. So it's, I was like, maybe there's something in Judaism for me. And I met with like a rabbinical student who I've also always, I've always worn like a Russian Orthodox cross, like my whole <laughs> life. And he, which <laughs> he said something about how once I convert to Judaism, I would have to, I would take my crucifix off. And I was like, what? <laughs> 
I was like, I'm not going to do that. Jesus was Jewish. Like, yeah. Jesus was Jewish. Like, why is it so important that I take this off? You know, he's just some some guy to you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Like I can wear, like, I can wear, like, I don't know, like, you know, my uh, my logo from my favorite sports team or something. You don't mind. Did they dissuade you from turning to Judas, from converting? It really made me think. Yeah. And that's, I really was like, whoa, like I actually... Huh. don't want to take a, my cross off <laughs> yeah. and maybe I should. That's sort of how I ended up back in, in getting into Catholicism was like, I was just interested in interrogating like why it was that I didn't feel totally safe, uh, not wearing a cross. That's interesting. Wow. Hmm. <laughs> no, yeah, but I, but I will say that with just, just, I don't actually, yeah. I mean, I know that people, a lot of people, I don't know, like there's just, people are snarky about this sort of thing. And, but there is like, I don't know, we, uh, I don't know, like there is a different, like being a Soviet person, you know, and like you kind of, I mean, it's, it's taken me a while to get to it, I guess, but it's just, there is something, um, you know, like a, a lack of belief in something bigger than yourself, I guess, you know, I mean, there is, I guess, the Soviet project, you know, but it's very materialist. Um, it's godless, yeah, yeah it really, it's, it was, it's, it's a truly godless ideology. And also a very, like, technocentric ideology, and, like, it's just, it's mm-hmm. a machine kind of centric ideology. Yeah, was, yeah. And so, I mean, I get, like, I don't know, I, I guess I probably, it's, religion doesn't feel very comfortable for me, just because I, it's very, it seems very, doesn't seem like, um... Uh, I don't know. It just it, it somehow isn't like doesn't fit. I I I would be actually open to it if there was like a religion that came along and was like made sense to me. You know. You want a new one? What? <laughs> you want a new one? Or no, a one a that exists religion. even. I don't mind, but it just ah, uh, okay. But yeah, but maybe yeah. paganism, paganism or something seems more like, you know, seems more maybe like we were even talking about this earlier, which is you know just paganism seems to me like I can understand it, it appeals to me like worshiping nature, worshiping nature, ri- worshiping yeah. the river. Worshipping like some kind of well, Catholicism tree. is very. I mean, this is heretical to say technically, but it's very pagan. <laughs> you, mean, <laughs> you know, it like adapted to conform to pagan traditions. Mm-hmm. It is, so it's like monotheistic, but like we sell, you know, like Easter is like a spring festival, and the Slovak Ruthenians are like fully uh, the because I think. Eastern Europe was converted to to Christianity so late. There's so many like pagan vestiges like in ethnic Christian practices. There's a movie called um, Shadows of Forgotten Ancestors that's about like Carpatho Rusins um, who are like you see them like practicing Orthodoxy, but also Orthodox Christianity, but then also totally doing like witchcraft. And it's like, like there's this really interesting like mix of the two in in that region in particular yeah it makes it makes sense i know that yeah i know that like a lot of the a lot of the saints even were like basically kind of borrowed from some of the like earlier that's so the, yeah yeah, yeah. The mythical that's what dis- that's what makes catholicism distinct yeah mm-hmm. is that we worship saints in addition to god and like mm-hmm. use use them as like intercessors which is yeah rooted in in paganism yeah, but yeah, nothing. It did nothing. It didn't make sense for me really until I found this like highly ethnic practice that resonated with me. Interesting. Yeah. And you find this like the rituals you now engage in kind of they ground you. Yeah, yeah. The and like the liturgical year gives kind of like a reason and a 
a, a sense to the normal year as well. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like that's the thing that always was to me about because I went to synagogue, you know, like I went to, I mean, to yeah. you how completely, you know, non-Jewish this this Jewish sect is. It's like we I had I went to like religious school on Sunday. You know, I don't know. Like it's like Sunday school. So it was like very, everything was modeled after basically Protestantism, I think, you know, like just even the way that the church is organized and the way that people sit and the way that. You know, down to like the organs and stuff like that. You know, that are that play and the choir and stuff. But um, but what like we do the Torah portions. You know, every week has a Torah portion, and you you read it and there's like you draw some lessons to it. And it never like reading about all this. You know, like the ancient Israelites and you know and like and their relationship with God. It just it just was so alien to me. It, it never had any. I don't know. Like I could never even imagine that it's like. It was like going to some kind of show, you know, and, mm-hmm. and yeah. it was completely abstracted from my existence. And I mean, I guess because I didn't grow up with it. And if I was a kid and I had some of this in my life, maybe it would make I would like be able to connect it with my with my childhood and some kind of, um, you know, there could be a like a born again. Kind Basically, of quality they didn't to it. start you young enough, you think. or something. I guess. But it was just uh, but a lot of people who even yeah, a lot of people leave the reform, the reform Judaism or either become completely atheist or like go to a conservative. So, yeah. 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 Judaism has just become so secularized. Right. It's just about like ticking off the it's like having the little holidays and that are just more like but those you know, are meaningful too, like those. And that's, I think, what I don't know what I've always liked about. Um, Jews was that even if they like are mostly secular or atheist that they keep the rituals mm-hmm. yeah for me Passover is probably the most interesting one and just because it I don't know it like it kind of it um, it doesn't happen in, in the synagogue you know it happens in, at home and it also the you know the Seder the kind of the, 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 the service essentially that you do around the table with the pl- nine with the plagues, with the plagues and, and it's really militant and it's really bloodthirsty you know like and it's really and it, it, it actually that speaks to me it actually says a lot about judaism that you do that every year and you and you're like and yeah and you just rub it into people's faces how successful you were and how much god was on your side in the end and how <laughs> right like and how everyone else got fucked completely and it's like this is what happens to you if you go against this you know that is kind of interesting thing. <laughs> we did it this year but you know i find it what what i find kind of interesting about judaism which is or at least about the Jews in America, at least, is that, for instance, I know so little about all of this, and yeah. I never just like gr- I never grew up doing any of those things, and yet I'm considered a full Jew, very welcomed in Israel, can get my passport, considered like mm-hmm. uh, can be like you know my kid is Jewish, you know all that stuff, and yet someone who actually learns a lot about Judaism has to do this like maybe sometimes even if it's serious, like years of studying and then conversion to become a Jew, and still some people would think oh she but she She's not like ethnic, you know, like she's, she's not, not a real Jew. Jew. No, they don't. There's no, I don't think converts are ever really fully integrated into into the church. Into yeah, yeah. It's the eugenics again, you know. Yeah, it's, and yeah. that is, yeah. that's where your eugenics kicks in. Well, it's like, or even get you get into the crazy stuff, like you know. So my good friend here, and that I grew, that I know from you know my childhood in San Francisco, Leo. You know, he he his wife is um, Ukrainian. Um, Russia, wow. like Ukrainian Slav, basically not, not Jewish. He's Jewish. He's from Odessa. He's like a fully Jewish, you know, Ukrainian Jew, uh, Jewish Ukrainian Jew. Um, and you know, they have two sons, right? Um, and you know, they're they're not considered Jewish in Israel. Like, so he wanted his kids to get a, get a bar mitzvah, like by the Wailing Wall, you know, by the Western Wall in mm-hmm. Jerusalem, and like no no rabbi would do it. 
you know? Yeah, because he told him his wife is not Jewish. He said to his kids, they ran out and tell him, you're not, like, the kids are not Jewish, your wife is not Jewish. What are you doing? Yeah, like... (laughs) They really look down on... um, No, I have a friend who goes to, like, Chabad, like, Torah study. She's really into being Jewish. And I was like, what do you guys talk about? And she was like, mostly we talk about how important it is not to... Like, similar, yeah. How you, have, yeah, how you have to breed with other Jews. It's That's a total, the most yeah. important thing. Habad, you know, I'll tell you, Habad is is like I, I'm kind of in awe of them. I have a lot of contact with them in here in America, but also in 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 Russia because they're like the dominant Jewish sect in in Russia. Mm-hmm. Uh, partially because they like have a very um, smart business strategy. They're like they function like franchises, <laughs> and essentially, it's I'm not joking. Like, yeah, they like they send in these rabbis to these like you know to this virgin territory, essentially, you know. And then they like, they, they and then they like you have like, you know I don't know they give them a little bit of funds but really you got to like claim territory and so you got to like find whatever the businessmen are out there to support you and you like lay claim mm-hmm. to it and you make deals with like whoever whatever the power structure is in, in the place that you're in you make total deals with them and you completely go and come like get into bed with whoever the government is so like the Chabad in Russia is like fully like on Putin's side and right, stuff like that. It's, right. it's pretty interesting. And, and so, but like they're really all about, they're always selling, right? So they're like always, I mean, it's a realist salesman kind of thing. They're always selling, they're always recruiting, right? And so I went to, I had a psychiatrist in LA when I first moved to, back from Moscow to LA, I needed to get my like, you know, ADD medication, right? And so I, to get my ADHD treated, mm-hmm. um, to get my prescription, I, like I just picked a random, you know, Jewish-sounding, you know, psychiatrist. So you of, wanted a Jew. I mean, I don't, I don't think it was that explicit, but, uh, but you want a Jewish, so you want a Jewish therapist. I wanted him you want to be on my lawyer, side. You, you know? want a Jewish agent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you wanted. He's not even. He wasn't a therapist. He was just. He just would prescribe med- medications. Yeah, you know? psychiatrist. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, just a pill pusher, basically. But <laughs> and, I, and I found out, you know, I come in and he's this old guy, you know, uh, like tremor in his hands, you know. And he's, it's like he's by century, he's by not, not far away from Century City in LA. Um, and he finds out that I'm Jewish, obviously. And then he starts immediately trying to recruit me to come to Chabad, like Shabbat dinners. I mean, a psychiatrist ethical, yeah. trying to recruit you into a religion, like like from the first time That's I meet crazy. him. And he would keep doing it too. Like, he would keep doing it every time I would come in. I mean, that's, yeah. That's For me, at least, like, the Chabad people would hang out around, like, even Venice Beach or around LA where I would, like, walk by. They would spot that I, I do look Jewish and they would, like, immediately talk yeah. to me to come they're to the synagogue selling. and find a husband. And I would say, I already, I already have one. They're, they're always selling and they're always trying to get Jews to meet other Jews, you know, to to, meet, to marry and have kids. It's like, it's their thing. It's a total eugenic product. I mean, that's the whole point of birthright, yeah. right? I went, I went, of birth right it's a cra- it's crazy it's all about just mating with other jews that's all it's about yeah they just it's like a birthright so oh it's, it's if you actually think about it birthright like birth the right kind of child not yeah birth, exactly right as in like the right way that's not right of whoa birth, it's i only birth got it right. now jesus christ i only understood it now <laughs> It's to, to birth the right kind of... Frame. Like, to no. birth correctly, yeah. But they hide it from you. You think, yeah. oh, it's a birthright trip. No, no, birthright <laughs> meaning like you got to pop out a, a true Jewish baby. Oh, yeah. speaking of Jews, okay, Dasha, I wanted to talk to you about like Epstein and your movie because it's oh, all yeah. connected. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he's Jewish, but whatever, I guess just <laughs> culturally. Um, I think he was Mossad. That's an that's an that's an that's an ethnicity that's an ethnicity actually in its in its own so. <laughs> it's a separate I'm not category. Jewish, I'm Mossad actually. 
<laughs> those are satans um okay but um so did the did your religious kind of discovery did it coincide with your with you writing a movie was it all somehow yeah. together yeah the movie i think has i mean i wasn't like a practicing catholic then but i was all i was becoming interested in it and i think the film has very like crypto catholic themes even though it's like raunchy or whatever um I, uh, yeah, I was, I was manic. So I was having a lot of like religious delusions and a lot of, I was, I went on a medication called Wellbutrin. <laughs> What is that for Which, anxiety? Uh, it's, it's a, no, no, no. It's an antidepressant. Oh, um, but it's, a but it's kind of like an, it's an upper. Okay. And, um, my pill pressure psychiatrist was like, <laughs> um, I'm going to put you on Wellbutrin. He was like, have mm -hmm. you ever been manic? And I fully had, but I was like, no. <laughs> and so then I was on this medication that basically instigated like a manic episode, which was great because it gave me a ton, a tremendous amount of like willpower to make this movie. Um, but also I was like, yeah, I was definitely like going to church and like ranting about like the grace of God and stuff. And, you know, that also gave me, I think, a lot of like confidence <laughs> <laughs> to pursue filmmaking and before that you, you mean you were depressed you went on wellbutrin i'm just and made a movie and, yeah, then, and made a movie like yeah. became manic yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah i couldn't i like couldn't get out of bed and then i <laughs> Well, that's a great story. Leon, people should <laughs> people should learn how to do it. But um, wait, but back to Epstein. So, so you had in your whatever like manic state, kind of you were really into that as a sort of manifestation of some evil. Um, or my initial, yeah, like when he died, I just couldn't handle it. It, just, it felt like the CIA like slapping me in the face, you know, <laughs> and I. I it like just yeah I like broke my my brain in a way and I thought that every you know I in my like manic delusion kind of thought like this is it everyone's gonna wake up and see that there's stuff like a conspiracy amongst elites that they like conspire against the rest of us like all the stuff that my character kind of says in in the movie um But then I found sort of that no one really cared <laughs> um, That's so making the movie was a way of like. And, and I guess I just didn't want, and obviously Epstein didn't kill himself, became kind of a meme. I knew a girl actually who was, I was friends with a girl who was molested by Jeffrey Epstein and I went to court with her. I was oh, like wow. very like peripheral kind of to it um, in a weird way, but um, also just really preoccupied with it. And the film was a way of just kind of like exercising whatever it was about it that seemed to have such like a hold on me. And I didn't want it to be like mem. I wanted like something to exist that wasn't like a whitewashed Netflix documentary mm -hmm. um, that was about like the emotional reality of the Epstein stuff for me. Like it's more impressionistic, right? Then yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not like and people yeah are asking like, what do you think about Ghislaine? And I'm like, I don't care. I like I did. <laughs> I don't have to worry about that anymore because I like did what I had to do. Right. <laughs> no, that, that is actually kind of interesting because yeah, as like a as, as the film is like a kind of a as a as a as a as a document to history as a document to history, yeah, and so that people don't. It's very you know, yeah, and, but but and know. it has spoiler like for the, the eyes wide shut. It, the the twist is that it takes place in like the eyes wide shut extended universe, 
and the ultimate kind of thesis of the film for me is that like any kind of investigation is futile yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, and like about the futility, like that's about like the discovering like the world's worst secret, and it's still being totally futile to know it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean it's interesting because isn't like I think this is this is what you were saying to me, uh, Jay, um, uh, about like Eyes Wide Shut. You know, the film is actually about like, um. Well, it's not like there's the conspiracy, obviously, and there's these the elites that do these depraved mm-hmm. things and have these depraved parties and stuff. And this is sort of like the norm. And then oh, it's like what what's really um, sh- what really is the film about is about like a person who can't deal with the fact that this kind of happens. You know, that the, the, there are these people that have you know that mm-hmm. much power or potentially have that much power and are and doing, are depraved, obviously. And they're depraved and like that is basically kind of a middle class person or not or not a middle class but an upper middle class guy you know a doctor who's just a normal yeah. you know uh, uh, like uh, uh, you know like he go he just he can't handle the fact that this this actually is like there's a, this parallel reality and that's how I read especially it's been like the last Kubrick film and I, I it's my favorite Kubrick film actually and me too yeah yeah and I I read it you know knowing something about Kubrick's life him being like married to the one woman for many years and just I don't know being like a good dad I guess I don't know all that stuff and also like running away from Hollywood to England he's one yeah no I think he really understood something he's he said that you should always avoid power he like really understood something yeah. about power that I think he was trying to communicate in all his films, but Eyes Wide Shut especially. Yeah, and and he didn't he didn't even want to shoot this film in America, so he like he shot it in London. I don't know. So anyway, my point is he didn't want to go back to the <laughs> to that. So I don't no. know. I think he's Tom Cruise. That's his avatar. So that's how. So in this reading, you kind of yeah, like yeah. <laughs> there's all this kind of conspiracy stuff going on, and I guess it is a bit mystical, but at the same time. It's not. It's kind of banal because it's because that's what power does, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how you thought, but I know you said like you're romantic and like obsessed with this case with Epstein. <laughs> Maybe like I was definitely like very interested in sort of like following it for a little bit. And when he died <laughs> in jail, it was like, yeah, yeah uh huh, sure, mm-hmm. he died, and the camera was broken. But whatever. <clears throat> but for me, the most interesting thing about it was maybe because I'm like a true Russian from this like really depraved night. 90s Russia, <laughs> Moscow specifically place where it's just like complete like godless uh, depraved society, mm-hmm. society in action on all levels not just the rich people everyone and um, and so for me it's like the Epstein thing was a bit surprising the, the reaction that people would be so like, surprised and horrified obviously it was bad but it wasn't like, <laughs> I guess, a lot of Russians reacted the way I did. I'm talking about Russians in Russia. That it was like, yeah. uh, uh, well, kind of, yeah, he's just not <laughs> the great guy and sort of cruelly predator and uh, probably... Well, yeah, Russians are used to people getting yes. disappeared or like dying under mysterious circumstances and just like knowing not to ask too many questions. Yeah, that's for sure. But not even him dying, him doing what he did, him being probably like a pimp to the rich, to like the most powerful people in America and stuff like that and not only America to the pimp to the kind of global elites him being a pimp of like something like 15 or 16 or 17 or 18 year old girls basically that element wasn't kind of wasn't like impressive to people and on Partially because that's just you know <laughs> that's just normal life in Russia. Well, we already yeah. we already knew knew that because he had yeah. been already 
he had already gotten like some sex trafficking charges dismissed prior. So what was surprising for me was that he went to jail at all. That was surprising. That's right. when I was like, what happened that made him finally get in trouble? And then when he died, that's when I was like, oh my God. <laughs> they, needed, they needed a safe place to, 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 to off him, basically. Yeah. They needed right. like a... <laughs> But the crimes themselves, yeah. Yeah, the crimes themselves were not as shocking to me, maybe because kind of the society I come from but were they shocking to you um no and I think a lot of part of the reason I wanted to make my film was that a lot of like the documentaries that came out in the aftermath really focused like on the salaciousness of mm -hmm. the sex crimes which it was never really about for me it was more about the like uh corruption and the conspiracy mm -hmm. um but the crimes themselves were obviously heinous but I think what um compelled people so much about it was that there was so much ephemera like the and what I you know that's also why the, the I made the film was that like I thought the island was so evocative the black book obviously like mm -hmm. people really I think there was something about Epstein and all of the like aesthetic ephemera around it that made people think that they could get answers mm -hmm. that if we just like looked at the black book enough like we'd figure out what happened <laughs> Um, and all of that just like visually was really, um, I think captured people's imaginations. No, I mean, I mean, look, but it is, there is, I mean, the case is kind of incredible, obviously. I mean, just because so, it, all, so many like well-known people basically, you know, are involved, you know, uh, and it, mm -hmm. it was like Which so central. It becomes ice wet shot. Yes, for exactly. Real, yeah. And it becomes, mm -hmm. it's, and it's so in your face, like his mansion, you know, is right there in Manhattan. Like, it's like people walk by it all the time. Exactly. It's like, and it's like this, this giant hulking thing and, and, you know, and like, You know, if, and, and everyone from like all sides of the political spectrum are basically taking flight. You know, are, are partying with him and the girls, and like from you know, from like from the Clintons to the to the you know to the Trumps and all that. You know, like so it, it's like, yeah, there's something just brazen and open about it in a way. And yeah, I totally understand why there. I mean, it is a kind of a. These are things that are supposed to be like on the hush hush, I guess, you know, like, uh, you know, like, yeah, know, but, but they exactly. Yeah. And in New York, especially because he was so young, yeah, like his, I, the townhouse, the, I lived like a 10 minute walk from the prison that he died in. Yeah. It all like felt real. Like he, like people in LA definitely were like, oh, I, that's weird. He died. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> they didn't care as much, but in New York, I think that also Partly was why I was right. It felt like it's relevant like your home, to it's like yeah. a, it's like a neighborhood crime, basically. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What I liked about you know your film, it has because another <laughs> guy I like is uh, whatever people say. I like his movies, Polanski, and he has this apartment yes. trilogy. I bet you watched. It's very inspired by the Tenant. Yeah. Yeah, I love Tenant, and I think Polanski is such a great actor, and he really he should have acted more <laughs> when he could. Yeah. I know he's so fantastic in that. I wonder, yes. yeah, because that's the first one he, no, he made Repulsion first. Yes, and then The Tenant, and then there's, uh, mm -hmm. what, Rosemary's Baby? Oh, anyway, but The Tenant, yeah. I really love The Tenant. Yeah, and it had, but it has its, like, Tenant vibe. Yeah, I basically, I like the the template of, like, moving into an apartment or something. Is, or I remember he finds, like, the tooth in the wall and stuff. Mm -hmm. I really just ripped that off. I was like, okay, we need, like, these are the elements that are in The Tenant. 
and we'll just apply them. <laughs> we need them to find something weird in the apartment. We need them. We need like the script to hit these notes. That's that's interesting. But it's funny, right? Also thinking about it, like Polanski is a great filmmaker, but then considering Epstein and all this stuff, he's <laughs> he's himself, you know, <laughs> not he's that a, if, if notorious, if febophile. Yes, it's yeah, true. So it's kind of funny. It's sort of. <laughs> That 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 world. I don't know if you personally knew Epstein. <laughs> Maybe not because he was already off to France. Yeah. Um, no, I know. I don't think he would need Epstein. It seems like you know I he's feel he charismatic has enough. enough. Charm yes. To do it, he yeah. doesn't need Epstein services. Yeah. No, no, no. He had Nastasia Kinski. Managed to harass her after he. No, they dated. They were like in love. They. Oh, right. She Tess. after he got in trouble, he made tests with her, and then. When he fled the States, he just moved to France and then like showed up at Cannes with like Nastasia Kinski. Mm. And I think she was like 15 or 16 at the time. And I was like, damn, bro. <laughs> yeah. <He's> just, <laughs> yeah. Wow. He well, really. In, like, in his defense, he kind of looks like a boy. He's so like kind of small and like. In his defense, his wife looking. got murdered. His pregnant wife got I know. murdered, and he I know. Like, was a Holocaust survivor. Like he's yes, been... that's the big one. Like I mean, yeah. his what? <laughs> he was in a concentration was, yeah, camp. Yeah, murdered in this. Just I mean, the in this just completely. His his wife and his unborn child were completely just. Yeah. yeah. No, but also think about being a real, you know, Holocaust and survivor. And seeing your entire family, yeah, seeing your entire family die, yeah. No. Yeah, I think yeah, his dad and survived, being a but... totally brilliant film. Like, what do we, you know? I don't I don't hold artists to some high moral standard because I think the work compensates for it. I don't need my like filmmakers. This is this is this is, this is not the like Polanski hate group here. No, yeah, that's yeah. not a hate group. But yeah. also my my thing I ultimately I have questions about like, you know, not Polanski's behavior, whatever he's this like artist. And uh but the like the mother of the girl, for instance, you know, all this like big case about oh he okay, he uh, gave some drug quaaludes to the 13 year old girl and raped her okay horrible but what about the mother so the mother was actually my question's all about the mother maybe because I'm a mother now of a girl I was thinking what I would like pimp my 13 year old girl to some like Vogue drop her at a mansion for some famous guy to photograph and leave in the public sort of discourse it's not really talked about it was a different it was a different era. No, you know? but it's the same thing with like the Michael Jackson, you know, parents, you know, the the, the people who basically pimped their, you know, children out to Michael Jackson. Why about the parents? Yeah, then? like what the hell are the parents doing? I mean, they're like, they're doing it to just kind of get close to like the celebrity life and like, and they have some, it's just, it's, it is, there's, there's like a, there's a parasitical uh, relationship, I think, you know, between, you know, pa- between parents and like, and kids, uh, parents that want their kids to be famous, right? And want their kids to be, and like yeah, in, and insert no, them into no, these situations despicable. yes yeah yeah so that's like the parent all i'm saying is the parents to me are more despicable than those like predators or i don't know if michael jackson really did it let's say he did but the parents would pimp their nine-year-old boy son to to him it just well, weird. i think fame is so i don't think they even see it i think there there has to be some level of like cognitive dissonance where you really think like fame i think is so powerful that like if michael jackson wants to hang out with your son you're gonna be okay you know yeah i guess and you're like oh what a good thing for my or like yeah or you're like no my daughter my daughter like is going to be a famous actress and this is a great opportunity for her you like almost don't (laughs) let your mind like think about it 
yeah. uh, realistically. Maybe. Same thing with, with uh, yeah, yeah. So that actually, yeah, it's, it happens quite a bit. Yeah, but anyway, um, yeah, let's see what we haven't covered. You have upcoming film, right? You have a, some, a new film coming out soon? Not coming out, no. I'm in, I'm in pre, pre-production. I'm like... Wait, I'm, um, I, Bad Behavior is not coming out? I just looked it up. Oh, no, Bad Behavior, I've acted in, yeah. Um, and prim- that premiered at Sundance. Okay. Um, okay. I don't know what the situation is with the distribution of it. It's a really weird time in the, in the, in the film industry. I'm sure it'll come out eventually, but I don't know. I don't know when or how, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I thought it'd be nice if people could see it. Yeah, it'd right. be great. I don't know if you can talk about it or if you want to talk about it yeah. but all I, I looked looked it up and the only thing I immediately saw was like oh this is Jane Campion's daughter <laughs> anyway, that's, yeah. that's all I know but um, yeah was it a good experience for you? Um, it was fun I met Alice I met when I was working on a Netflix show called The Serpent she's an actress also um and I met her in Thailand and then this is her first feature. Um, and it's about, oh, well, it's a, it's, it's got a lot of, it's a good, it's, it has a lot of mommy daughter stuff. It's like kind of a sort of tonally, a little bit of a comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely distinct from like Campion's films, but it is, it's about a woman played by Jennifer Connelly who goes to like a new age kind of a spiritual retreat. Um, And I play like another woman there who she has kind of an antagonistic relationship with. And then there's a parallel storyline about her daughter who's like a stunt woman. And like they're, it's kind of about their relationship. And then I'm like a supporting character who's at the, um, at the retreat. (laughs) And we shot it in New Zealand last summer. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. That's, that's exciting. (laughs) But do you feel that was fun? Do you feel (laughs) it's some sort of, um, in an imaginative way, she's working through the relationship with her mother? Definitely. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I mean, it's not for me to really say, but I, I think, yeah, it's very, she cast, yeah. Cause I imagine Connelly as her mother in the film and they, uh-huh. without getting too into it I, yeah i think it's very much about um yeah i mean ba- being jane campion's daughter it's been not the same but being like sophia coppola like coppola's daughter which is yeah did you see sophia coppola's daughter's tiktok uh no no, no. I, I meant like being sophia because whose dad is a big filmmaker oh, 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 oh. but she has a yeah, tiktok yeah, yeah. wait the daughter has a tiktok oh. sophia's daughter has a tiktok what Sophia's Sophia Coppola's daughter posted a TikTok recently where she was like, "My parents don't let me be on social media," and like she was like <laughs> holding up her dad's Grammy and stuff, and like talking about making pasta. It was very cute and kind of charming, and oh, like wow. I think she seemed really funny. That's funny, but yeah, Sophia. Yeah, there's. Um, I think nepotism goes wrong a lot. Yeah, <laughs> but in the case of like the Coppolas or the Campions. Like there's some, some families have a lot of 
uh, talent to go around. Oh no, for sure. Um, I think it just has like hard. They have hardship in their own way. It just different. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. One thing I'm like kind of tired. Obviously, I've seen. I, I didn't even bother to read, but like I've seen this like something Nepo baby, yeah. some kind of art long article, mm-hmm. and I was thinking, Jesus, what are you talking about? Isn't like the whole family business is part of American tradition? You know, like Russ and daughters. Uh, I don't know, like some kind exactly. of lawyer. I mean, even like Trump's family, for instance. You know, it's like yeah, I mean, you it's, always yeah, implore yeah, your family yeah. whether you're like a law firm or like Trump. Yeah, like, they make it on your own. Is for is for like the the little people do. No, like just to do generally. It. No, but, but it's almost <laughs> normal. Like totally. why wouldn't? So I agree. why is this different? It's also a very traditional you know? kind of way way of living, right? You do what your parent, you do what your father did, you do what your yeah, yeah, you do what your and also did. you yeah, might if have, your parents are yeah. in the film business, you end up in the film business. It's yeah, I mean, like Cronenberg's son is also doing the same kind of type of films. His dad was all of Lynch's kids made films, right? So anyway, it's like a family thing. What's so what to hate about it? Yeah, I think it's. I think people are fatigued with like mediocrity, and they they blame nepotism for it, but it's not really the issue. The issue is just like everyone's mediocre <laughs> <laughs> yeah like you might have a rich or like a famous parent and non-famous parent and be equally untalented or talented yeah, it's not really yeah <laughs> that's just, not uh, what yeah. defines it people do people i mean people do resent like the opportunities that they get that you know that that aren't available to you know the, the it's the myth it's the myth of meritocracy you know that like people still kind of um Right, uh, and it gives to, people a yeah. way to like, right. to, yeah. But anyway, hold you're on clearly to the resentment and kind of baby. Ban- so, <laughs> no, no, but yeah, the Nepo baby discourse gives people a way of like being like, if only I had famous parents, I'd be successful too. And it's like maybe you wouldn't. <laughs> you might, be, yeah. You you probably you probably be dead of an overdose. You know, it's like yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, if you were a gymnast, for instance, you know, and you're, you're very successful, be, yeah. then we'd. <laughs> Billy be on here t- talking about how corrupt you are and, you know, how much... We'd make a gr- great case for eugenics. Uh, yes. Well, you know, even as a gymnast, you have to then perform your own flips and all that. So ultimately, <laughs> you're still on your own. I mean, athleticism really is a meritocracy. It's, it's true. It's true. Well, uh, thanks for thanks for talking to us, and it was a, it was a pleasure. Thanks for having me, you and guys. We should, yeah. we should... Congratulations. When did you have your baby? Two years ago, yeah, I, I, yeah. COVID baby. Congrats. She was a Congrats. COVID baby. Full she was a full-on yeah. on COVID baby. When's her birthday? Well, she was born on March on March seventeenth, mm-hmm. to twenty twenty-one. Yeah. Oh my god! Interesting. Lenny Anna's baby was born on March twenty-eighth, twenty twenty-one. Oh wow! Yeah, it's, no, yeah, so we, close. We, we chatted a little bit when when the, like. Right around that time. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I forgot that it was just like basically. You just turned two as well, yeah. Oh, wow. Was hers planned? Mm, I don't. uh, (laughs) Sort of. No, but it wasn't unplanned. You know, it wasn't unplanned. That's like us, basically. I guess, yeah. That's like us. It was like, I think a lot of people, yeah. It was a COVID, yeah. People were having babies. Like, what else? What are you going to do? You know, there's nothing else to do. Yeah, no, we're we're pretty proud of our. I'm really lucky because I shot my film in january of 2020 right so i basically had covid to like edit and then do like i didn't get to go to a film festival but um 
it was advantageous for me in a lot of ways, but yeah. I just got really lucky. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Cause yeah. Cause your, yours came out right. Like at the, you know, yeah. When everybody's on lockdown, basically. But it's also lucky just to yeah. shoot exactly. right before yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all. You, you wrapped it up before, before, you know, yeah. Before everyone realized that like, Oh wait, no, it's not just the Chinese who can, you know, who can like get sick. <laughs> we, we might be, we might get sick too, you know, right. even though. Were you yeah. in New York during the entire COVID hysteria? Yes, in the I city <laughs> in the city yeah. wow that's wild i always it thought because people were going upstate i guess right that's why i feel like even though i haven't been in new york very long like i feel like a new yorker because i like those two years were like exponential <laughs> mm-hmm. it was like being here for like 9-11 yeah no because in the sirens i know people were there was like it was almost like psychological warfare against people in the city just because yeah, the dead bodies and like ice yes. cream trucks and stuff. And, yeah, fuck. Yeah. I don't, yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, I guess um, I was thinking um, as we were talking, do we know anyone like in the, uh, I don't know, entertainment or anything, show business like the who is an immigrant and not, <laughs> well, Jewish or not Jewish, doesn't matter, Soviet immigrant. It's, it's literally kind of Mila Kunis and then I guess you. That's it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, as you mean, like Soviet immigrants, <laughs> yeah, like Russian, like yeah, from, from Russian world. of Soviet extraction. I, I mean, there's no one. And, no, I think Anton Yelchin was also an immigrant. I think his parents were figure skaters. Mm-hmm. Oh, but so anyway, he, he's dead, so he's not a he's, contender. He, died, he, he made yeah. it pretty far up. Yeah, I mean, he was. Yeah, he is. He was big. Yeah, and then, yeah. So I was and trying he was to born think. Born in London. Yeah. yeah. So he. Oh, so he was. He was born in London. So he's. He's not. No, he was born in Leningrad. Oh, Leningrad, yes. Or Saint Petersburg. Yeah. So no, it's it is it is yeah. There is like not a lot of um. Yeah, like not a lot of Soviet, you know, people who have like made it big in in Hollywood, essentially, you know, or like in. They're you know, really hard. No, yeah. I mean, dude, there's a lot of like sort of like you know like minor characters, people who play minor characters, who like when you need like oh we need like a Chechen or we need like an Uzbek or we need like you get like this Soviet Jew yeah. in there, you know, to to act the part. You know? Or there's people, I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio is Russian. Oh, is he? Well, how Russian? He's not from, but like there's lots of people with like uh, Russian lineage, but yes. not, okay. not immigrants. But like he's he's Russian. He looks like Lenin. Right, he does. It would be a great biopic, yeah. right? And people, people Scarlett Johansson looks yeah. like Krupska. <laughs> I think she's probably a little Russian somewhere in there too. She's she's Jewish, I think Russian Jewish. That would be a funny. That would be a funny biopic with with both of them as 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 Lenin Krupska. But you should be in it too. I don't know, Ines Armand. Yeah, Ines Armand. Someone should follow through. But anyway, so I don't know. I feel like congratulations because I don't know. I think that's yeah. very rare. Yeah, still. no, it's it's kind of it's right. nice to see one of our one of our people succeed and 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 do well and 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 you know, um, you got to root for our team here, um, right? Yeah, I'm looking up like famous Russian actors, and it's literally no one. No, yeah, it's, it's uh, I mean, I, 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 you know, I won't go so far as to call it racism. <clears throat> no, but like my, yeah. okay, yeah. It, back to my theory. First of all, most immigrants and their kids, they're like Jewish and they become something like not, act, they don't pursue acting. They're yeah. so, and the Russian yeah. ones that are not very, there are no Russians in here because there's very little, I guess there are not many immigrants who are Russians. I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot like in the journalism world, I guess, you know, and, and, and there's some in some novelists and things like that, but but not. Yeah. Yeah. There's maybe some like I know there's a Russian um, 
uh, he's from Belarus, actually, cinematographer. He shot that uh, that movie Bones and All. Bones and All. Uh, where uh-huh. Timothy Chalamet plays a cannibal. <laughs> Arseny Kachaturin. Right, right. He's, uh, he's from Belarus. But yeah, that's like, I, there's, yeah, then we're really, we're getting into like below the line people. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. A Zencaster tells me I have one more minute to record because I guess okay. it's a free we version. Can, yeah. Oh, whatever. Okay. Okay. Thanks, you guys. Thanks for having I won't close the tab. Mm-hmm. I'll let yeah, you. Thanks. Yeah. Have a good day. Yeah. Bye. It was great talking to you. All right. Bye. Bye. Have a good day. American boy. American joy. American boy for always time.